Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome, everybody, to the Thanksgiving-themed edition of the Hammer and Rails podcast. I am your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we are going to give you a very quick preview of the Purdue game, uh, Purdue basketball game against Omaha that's going to take place on Black Friday. And then we're going to spend the bulk of the podcast talking about the finale of the regular season for Purdue football. Purdue IU versus sucks! <laughs> there you go. Purdue versus IU for the old oaken bucket. It is time to bring that damn bucket home. It has been gone from West Lafayette for far too long. So we are going to give that... Uh, the bulk of the conversation today, but given that this podcast will drop on Thanksgiving Day, Casey, I have a Thanksgiving-themed question for you. Let's gobble gobble. All right, what is the worst and the best side dish on Thanksgiving? Ooh. I'll tell you, I, I, I'll give you a minute to think, and here's here's my choices. So worst, I think, has got to be, hands down, green bean casserole. I am actually just getting back from going to my girlfriend's mother's house where we had a little pre-Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, green bean casserole was on the appetite ap- on the uh, on the menu. And did you eat any of it? I did eat some of it. It was fine. And how, see, that's great explanation. Um, for it. it was fine. I would say that it is satisfying just for the varying textures when you have the crispy bits on top. I mean, I really feel like most people only care about those little crispy onions. So as as a conduit for those crispy onions, not terrible. I don't I don't think it's the worst. Um Okay, what's worse? This might be controversial. I love it. 
But I think it's mac and cheese. See, I don't get – what is up with all the mac and cheese hate lately? That pro football player said he hates mac and cheese. I don't know what is going on. You people are having the wrong mac I, and cheese. What, no, that's that's the issue. Like, I love mac and cheese. I love really good mac and cheese. There's not very much really good mac and cheese. And it always looks good. But for the most part, especially around Thanksgiving, everyone's like, ooh, let's bake mac and cheese. And that's not the way to have mac and cheese. I don't care. It needs whoa, to be whoa, creamy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It needs to be more like it needs to be nearly soup. Yes. And everyone comes out with these dry ass mac and cheese things where they think it's creamy just because there's a little cheese at the bottom, but it's mostly like halfway to solid. Okay. And you dig in and it's not very good. And that's ninety five percent of the mac and cheese uh, out there. Listen, listen. I will grant you that a lot of people cannot cook mac and cheese and that if you bake mac and cheese wrong, it can be dry. However, if you have someone who you trust to make mac and cheese and if they bake it and it's got the little nice little breadcrumbs on top and it's got enough cheese, that can be better than the rest of the meal. So uh, as you're, far as bet, go ahead. You're helping my point because the fact is that it's one thing. You grab green bean casserole, you're not expecting to be blown away. You know what it is. It's consistent, whatever. Mac and cheese has these highs. There's this high ceiling. that You have expectation. That is going to carry me to the final four. But sometimes they lose in the round of 64 to a 15 seed, and that's mac okay. and cheese. Yeah, but I'm certainly not labeling mac and cheese as the worst side. In my opinion, even bad mac and cheese is, is good. Uh, I will even eat bad mac and cheese. But I think as far as the best side... Uh, one of mine, probably, probably the top. I mean, side dish, Thanksgiving, I gotta go mashed potatoes. I'm not a big potato guy. What, uh, what do you eat, Casey? You don't really love, it sounds like you're not gonna have the, the mac and cheese. You're not gonna eat the potatoes. What, what are we eating on Thanksgiving? What's on your Honestly, plate? Honestly, I think most Thanksgiving food is pretty crappy. I think it's a, a pretty terrible food outlet. Oh, wow. If I'm being honest. Uh, the desserts usually suck. Like, pumpkin pie is just garbage. Oh, I enjoy pumpkin pie. Uh, I just bought a pumpkin pie tonight, so would, I can't give Would you give eat pumpkin pie if you didn't have whipped cream? Or... Uh, yes, I absolutely would. Okay, you're a weirdo. Yeah, you're a I agree. You know uh, what also is good? If you don't love the pumpkin pie, get yourself a pumpkin roll instead. Yeah, not crazy about that either. Um, I, I, I think the best food for me personally is anything sweet potato with marshmallow. Uh, we had that on the menu today as well. Very good. I'm... I'm a big fan of the sweet potato and mix it in with the marshmallow, maybe some brown sugar caramel somewhere. That makes me. Okay. Turkey's I mean, I can, dry. I can live with that. I'm turkey not a big only... ham. Not a big ham guy. I'm not a big ham guy. And turkey is, again, it's only dry if you cook it wrong. And uh, you got to mix in, you got to mix in some white meat and dark meat. You I'm not, have a, I'm not a big gravy guy. I, turkey is what? only good in like these certain situations. They're like, listen, they are, they are the triple option of Thanksgiving food. You, you are on here maligning mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, uh, pumpkin pie, and now gravy. I don't even know who want, you are anymore. I want a non-traditional holiday. I want this, a prime rib. I want a prime rib at every holiday. This has got to be your worst take that has ever been on this podcast. There's no way that's true. I'm going to be at a Waffle House for 24 years. Well, yeah, but that was a bet. I mean, but, that was a take. Uh, you were garbage. Yeah, okay. Fair. I wanted Brown fired earlier this season. Yeah, all right, fine, but I. I think it's overrated. Like, I I don't think anything is particularly special about Thanksgiving, and I think it's it's weighted around food that's not very good. I think you've been going to the wrong Thanksgiving dinners if the food you've had is not very good. Probably, I'm a white person. <laughs> I think that I think we will leave it there because that was just too perfect. So <laughs> coming up. This Friday, Black Friday, 
Purdue has uh, their very next basketball game after the highs of the Hall of Fame tip-off championship and the victory over Villanova. They play at 2 p.m., oddly enough, on Black Friday. So I guess everyone assumes that we are all not working on Black Friday. I don't know about you, but I will be at work. And by at And by at work, I mean upstairs in my office because I work from home. No. Um, Oh, you don't you don't have to work? No, I do. Well, not. good for you. Good yeah. for you. My wife doesn't have to work either. Um, so it's rare that she gets the day off and I don't, but here we are. I will be at work. Uh just to note for the listeners, this is a game on Big Ten Plus, and it is the last game on Big Ten Plus. So if you subscribe to Big Ten Plus, get at the those emails of, ready. <laughs> at the beginning of November for the University of Indianapolis exhibition. This is going to be your last opportunity to watch the Purdue basketball team on Big Ten Plus. So as Casey said, be prepared to cancel. And how uh, do you, you cancel in the year 2021? Paying. You have to email them. <laughs> Which I'm know, not joking. It's just perfect. It, the only thing worse would be if I had to like write a letter. I would like it better. It would be kind of charming. <laughs> Dearest Big Ten yes. Plus, it is I mean, not you, it's me. It's been a wonderful month. I mean, it would fit with, like, the service they provide, so... Yeah, it has not gotten better since the last time I used it, which was a few years ago, but production quality, not great. I'm all for them giving the students a chance. Um, I think when... The woman... The the, the female announcer... Much uh, better. ...was very good. Very, very good. good. Uh, the, the male announcer seemed to have catchphrases in his bag that he just wanted to use uh, and kept going back to him, so... Hopefully he learns from the process and he can get a little better. I, I apologize for not knowing either of their names, but she sounds like someone who played sports and is now broadcasting and doing a good job. He sounds like the kid in uh, if you watch the Mighty the Mighty Ducks reboot. I did Disney. watch the Mighty Ducks reboot. She, he sounds like the kid that at seven years old only ever thought about broadcasting, never played the game at all. So it's just yeah. all catchphrases and wanting to be on a mic. And that's, you know, charming for 1970. <laughs> <laughs> then again, I think uh, if you ever want to get me riled up, talk, let's talk about announcing some days, because even these great quarterbacks that are announcers, it's very clear that like pre 2000, every quarterback that played was pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> I have never learned a single thing about football from Troy. Or, or Terry Bradshaw. Or Bradshaw. Bradshaw's at least entertaining. Yeah, like, Bradshaw's it, a mess. Yeah, and he's kind of funny. He's a good old yeah. boy, but. Aikman's none of those things. And a lot of those guys, like, you can tell that whatever football they were playing, it's nothing compared to what is happening nowadays. Like, everyone was just like, oh, my God, Tony Romo knows basic football stuff. This is (laughs) incredible. And no one seemed to have the other dialogue. Like, we've had former quarterbacks on air for decades. Why didn't they know anything? And it wasn't as if Tony Romo was this great cerebral quarterback that led the led the Cowboys Mm -hmm. to a new dynasty or anything. It was just he was a good quarterback. He, you know, had some really great years, but he could never get to the Super Bowl. And now he's well, yeah. And now he's an announcer. And that's fine. And that's fine. Mm. Uh, And somehow we're talking about Tony Romo and Troy Aikman. (laughs) uh, But we're talking about Omaha. So. Like I said, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the Omaha game, but Casey, can you tell me anything about Omaha and maybe uh, if they're going to give Purdue trouble or if this is just going to be a romp uh, before we get to the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which is the next game for Purdue? First of all, this is going to be a romp. They are terrible. They are the 325th team in the country on offense. Oh my. They're a defensive team. They're a defensive team. You never want to see a three in front Mm -hmm. of that number. They're a defensive team. Okay, that's their identity. They're 323rd. <laughs> they shoot 32% from three. 
Oh. And 36% from two. That is... Uh, that's hard. That's barely better. That's hard to do. Like, why Why even shoot any twos at that point? Yeah, why shoot anything? They have a guy... <laughs> they have a guy who's four for 20, another guy who is five from 20. The, those two guys are leading the team in shot attempts. I was say, are those the shooters? Yes, they are. <laughs> so, just to put it in perspective, uh, they are one in four coming into this game. Uh, they won their first game of the season, 67-57, against Hastings, which is not okay. not ranked as part of Ken Palm. I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think, mm-hmm. no. Uh, they lost to Ball State, 73-69. They lost to Kansas State, 79-64. They lost to Montana, 68-47. And they just got done playing Texas Tech last night on Tuesday, and they lost 96-40. to Oh, my goodness. So they, they scored literally one point a minute in that game. Yep. Uh, another fun little tidbit. The amount of assists per field goal made they give up is 62.2%, which is absurdly high. Uh, that's 332nd worst in the country. Okay, so what I'm hearing is they're bad, and this is not a game that Purdue fans need to worry about. Nope. All right, well, that is enough on Omaha. Again, it's going to be Black Friday, 2 p.m. on Big Ten Plus. Uh, so you can look for that. And then following that game, they will face off against Florida State in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So we're going to take a break here, come back, and we're going to give you the information you need about the IU versus Purdue Old Oak and Bucket game. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back to talk about the upcoming game between the Purdue Boilermakers, who sit at seven wins, and the Indiana Hoosiers, who currently sit at two and nine and who are currently winless in the Big Ten Conference. So this is quite a change from the nine-windiana 
or whatever they however they were pronouncing it. It's uh, gross that you even repeat. I know. Uh, you could bleep that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that they had a little bit ago, a couple years back, because they suddenly seemed to turn everything around. They had a good season. I won't say they had a great season because, as always with Indiana football, their out of conference schedule is soft as Charmin, and they they have been known to rack up the wins in non-conference and then try to do just enough in the Big Ten to have a chance at six wins. And even then, they have not often been able to get to those six wins to get to bowl eligibility. Um, last year, I actually was on their side with the whole Ohio State versus IU, who gets to go to the uh, Big Ten title game. But, you know, they changed the rules to get Ohio State there. It ultimately worked out great for Ohio State, of course. Uh, they won the Big Ten title and then went on to the, the college football playoff, all that, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I did think IU got screwed there. But IU had big, big expectations coming into this season. Uh, they were projected to finish third in their division. They had all these starters coming back. People thought they were going to win eight, nine games. And suddenly, like I said, they're now sitting at two and nine. They've had a rash of injuries. And that is one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, we don't know for sure who is coming back. But IU, there's been a lot of chatter around IU about a lot of players, you know, trying to work their way back for this game because, of course, it is the last game of the season for them. There is no bowl game in their future, but also it is the the Purdue game, which means a lot to them. So we've got a list of uh, their their All American cornerback uh, Taiwan Mullen might come back. Their former starting running back Stephen Carr, uh, linebacker James Miller, a safety Jay uh, Josh Sanguinetti. And their quarterbacks, Michael Penix Jr. and Jack Tuttle, all are trying to work their way back. Uh, but we have no real confirmation on who's going to come back. But ultimately, I don't really think it matters who comes uh, back for them. They, they just are not very good this year. And Casey, you have an idea, because uh, you're looking at the stats, you can give us an idea of just how bad they are. Yeah, I mean, I am terrified to find out which 50% completion quarterback with twice as many interceptions as touchdowns are going to play because they've got a lot to choose from yeah they do but do they have three of those i think right well donovan mccauley only has two interceptions two teams, but a 42 percent complete so, oh yeah that's bad it, it's not great uh penix penix penny pinica <laughs> yeah maybe maybe the x is silent it's penny <laughs> Penai. uh he has four tds to seven interceptions uh, tuttle has two tds to five interceptions which is oh my gosh leading us directly into a game that we want to play here i'm gonna tell i'm gonna give you a stat and you guess where they rank out of the 129 college football teams are you ready Ledman? yes let's start off then turnover margin per game where did the iu hoosiers well, just Stand. just based on those numbers you gave me there about interceptions, I'm going to say 129, dead last. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. In fact, they are the worst team in the country at turnover margin. That means they turn it over a lot and they don't force many. What's, right. what, what is their number? Well, like, does it have the actual stat there? Like they what their minus 1.3 turnover margin per game. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. It's not great. All right. Ledman, how about? Out of 129 teams, in what place is IU football in completion percentage? Oh, God. So, okay, you were just saying how bad the three quarterbacks were, about 40%. Uh, surely there's got to be somebody worse. 125. 127. Very close. Oh, okay. 49.41% completion percentage. But okay. Who's below, the, who's below them? I have no idea. Oh. Probably you. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's fair. But 
so they don't complete a lot of passes. That probably just means they're completing them deep. Yards per pass attempt. Uh, yards per pass attempt. Where do they rank in the country, Ledman? Uh, 119. 127 again. Oh my gosh, how are they so bad? So they don't complete passes and they don't complete <laughs> them long. Okay, let's move over to the other side of the ball real quick. IU, really good defense last year, right, Ledman? Yeah, they had a very good defense. Almost stopped Ohio State. Yeah, they did. Where is their sack percentage on the season? Ah, oh, man. Like, again, they're 2-9. and nine. They have not won a single Big Ten game. 121. Very close. 123 in the country. Oh, my gosh. How about in the red zone where it matters? We always talk about this. I will give you two guesses. First of all, what? I'm going to tell you their ranking. They're 113th okay. in the country. Bam. Okay. What percentage of opponent red zone scoring do they give up? And I do believe that means touchdowns in the red zone. Okay, touch it. So it's touchdowns only. Yes. Uh, and they've given up quite a few points. Uh, 60%. 90%. Oh, if shit. you get in the red zone, you are scoring. 90%? This, ladies and gentlemen, is a defense willing to give it up easy. Oh, my God. 90%? 90%. And there are teams worse than that. Barely. Final one, Ledman. All right, all right. This, I'm not done. I mean, I've done okay. You've done close, pretty well. You're pretty as close. As far as bullseyes, I'm, you, I'm out. You're hitting pretty close. All right. I guess, look, this isn't like the most advanced metric. I'm sure there's better ones. But I feel like points per play is the most accurate way to describe your offense, maybe. Simple terms. So points per play. Where the IU football rank out of 129 schools? 128. 129, Ledman. They're oh. the worst in the country. <laughs> I was trying to be generous. Ah, you Hoosiers. Let's go. Take off wow. your shirt and dance like a chick. Wow. That is. Yeah, what is up with that picture from like two weeks ago where they had that whole students, like one section of the student section, nothing but shirtless dudes? Ah, what, Bloomington what is What the a heck weird was going place. on there? Have where, you, how is there no women? I don't know. Not a single I, I don't know. woman around to at least like make them do that? dumb shit but they were just doing it for themselves no one else no one yeah, else was I, there no i have one. no idea like i would love some context for that picture because I, there has to <laughs> there has mm. to be something going on there that that we don't know about i i just it was such a strange picture i agree that something happened there that i don't know about but ignorance is blitz okay that's fair that's fair so um you know obviously indiana is very bad um, they've, they've got bad quarterbacks. They don't have much of a receiving core. Their defense, obviously not great. You get into the red zone, you're going to score. Uh, so, I mean, is there anything we really need to look at any particular person we need to worry about on either side of the ball that stands out? Because I mean, you know, we, we just went through some numbers, but you look at their schedule. The only teams they've beaten this year were Idaho, uh, 56 to 14, and then they beat Western Kentucky 33 to 31. So even, I mean, even their two victories, it's not like they're over impressive teams in the non-conference. Um, so I, I just don't know what to expect from these these guys other than they're going to struggle on offense. I mean, the last three games, they've scored 14, 3, and 7. Nope, they're going to lose. They have a bad <laughs> quarterback, and we know how to play a bad quarterback. Yes, we do. Uh, I think Carlotta's going to have a field day. Maybe we'll have five sacks in a row. You know, that would be great. Jump up over that. The uh, four sacks in a row we had last week against uh, Northwestern. Honestly, yeah, they're they don't run the ball well. They're 111th worse at yards per rush. They don't pass the ball well. Obviously, 
They're not going to threaten us deep. Our defense is going to be able to play fast. We're going to be able to play aggressive. I trust our defense, and and that's taking out the fact that our offense has been playing great. Right, right. Uh, There's still some talent on the defense. I definitely would worry about if, uh, like, again, if AOC interceptions jump up again, but we're clearing now four straight games without a turnover from him uh, in the air. So I, I... there's not much to feel bad about on paper. This is not a good football team. We're hearing rumblings that, you know, the transfer portal is going to be wide open in Bloomington. Uh, players are, are are just waiting to jump out. And, you know, Purdue, yeah. Purdue's going to get up for this. This is senior day, right? I, I, if I'm correct, yeah. senior day. Yep, Jackson, this is a rival. Jackson Anthrop will be going through his fourth senior day. <laughs> uh, I'm sure his parents are real excited. It's never so, something they've never experienced before. Do you think they have a plaque with each one? Like a jersey? I don't know. Probably. Like they that. have to, right? You're not going to walk out there with nothing. Well, yeah, and they're and they're not just going to be like, oh, he's coming back. We're going to need that back. Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Get one yeah. for you get every every member of the family gets one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so I uh, I took a look at IU's Big Ten season. So again, they have not won a game in the Big Ten. They they sit at zero and eight on the season. Do you know how many points they've scored in Big Ten season? I'm going to guess 33. Uh, 87. Okay, that's... Yeah, because they scored 35 in a loss to Maryland. Makes um, sense. So, yeah. So, they've scored 87 points over eight games. That means they average just over 10 points a game in Big Ten play. And remember how despondent we were when Purdue was only getting 13 a game? I didn't love it. Yeah. So, just imagine that offense, but slightly worse. Can we and just talk about how... Like, they're still smarmy. Oh, I know. It's the worst. They've had one successful season in uh, two decades, three decades, five decades. Yeah. And they're smarmy because they got to nine wins once. It's uh, it's a weird situation because, you know, we, we joke about reversible jackets, uh, you know, the, the IU basketball fans and Notre Dame football fans. But those are a real thing. I mean, you see them all the time. You meet them. You know them. Um, we all, I'm sure, had friends who went to iu uh who weren't no. iu football fans they, they lose the moniker <laughs> we had acquaintances who mm-hmm. went to iu uh and it's not like they suddenly went all in on iu football a lot of them stayed notre dame football fans and then we're iu basketball fans well suddenly when iu had a good season in football they're like oh i've always been an iu football fan and now you you hear a lot of crickets from uh, those folks that you know who who suddenly switched allegiances from Notre Dame to IU and now are more likely back to Notre Dame. I'm 33 years old. I've never seen IU win anything athletically. Yeah. In my yeah. lifetime. I mean, you could maybe argue men's soccer, but have okay. you really seen that? Not really the commentary that you hear when you hear about IU uh, both. No, and, and by the way, I want to correct you. IU didn't actually win nine games. They only won eight, eight. that season. Oh. The, the nine, nine Windiana was like their rallying cry. Ah. That like, hey, we're going to win nine games. But they ended up as at eight and five. It worked. I fell for the PR. You're nothing but a sucker. <laughs> eight. Eight is great. So yes. I, it's just, it, it blows my mind. It, it, I'll rant about this even more when we play in basketball because their program has literally done nothing besides have high recruit. Uh, recruiting numbers that have meant absolutely nothing. It's a program that has been on the bottom and despondent for 30 years, and it's carried around by these big, angry And I don't understand it. Whoa, 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 so angry. We're (laughs) a fancy podcast. I don't get it. Yeah. I. What? They're hanging their hats on stuff they weren't alive for or that, like, 
college basketball isn't what it was then. Nothing nothing relevant Indiana has happened minus an eight-win football season, which was not relevant because they were so bad that their own conference decided, you know what we got to do? Anything to make them not not a part of this. yeah so i mean they they had the eight and five season in 2019 which was the the uh, right. impetus for the the nine windiana program right. thing and then they lost in their bowl game they lost in the gator bowl so they were coming back in the 2020 season which was of course the pandemic shortened season and they had huge expectations on them and you know they took ohio state to the limit um in when they played them in the regular season and then of course the swap out for the big 10 championship game um and a lot of people point out on on Twitter that at their at their bowl game in the in the Outback Bowl they covered or took off took the Big Ten patch off their jerseys and since they did that they have not won a Big Ten game. That was their apex. Yeah, so uh, showed us. And, yeah, and not only that, you remember this year they also had the uh, jersey that was misspelled. Uh, they had Indiana on good. the jersey instead of Indiana. So quality content. I mean, yeah, it's really just been. Uh, an, an abysmal affair all throughout from top to bottom in IU football this year. And like you said earlier, it, there are rumblings and you've already seen some people enter the transfer portal. There are rumblings that uh, this team is going to be decimated by transfers in the off season because suddenly it looked like they were maybe going to turn it around. There was a lot of hype. There was a lot of stuff uh, going on um, in the national media about, Hey, maybe, you know, this Tom Allen guy is is going to turn IU around. He's a he's a coach with a lot of energy. People seem to like him, and so that can really give you a good boost in recruiting. And they got some good players. They got some big names, some 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 players with actually some stars behind them. And it just hasn't been what they expected this year, sitting at two and nine. And when you jump back down uh, from like your your greatest seasons of all time you're going to get a lot of people jumping ship and it wouldn't surprise me to see Indiana go, go further down that hole next year. Yeah. I, if you don't harness the magic right away, uh, that stuff can leave a stank real quick. It turns sour. That's kind of what we were having happen with Brom this year before we started winning. Uh, you know, things were getting pretty ugly because you, you, you start to go up on a roller coaster. If, if you don't carry that momentum forward, you're just falling back. Yeah. Yeah. And no one wants to be on that ride. And it's and it's very easy for everybody to forget about what you did last season. And in the state of Indiana itself is a very hard place to be successful with in college football. Uh, if you're not Notre Dame, mm -hmm. because you are surrounded by football programs in a state without a bunch of talent and all the talent around us. We are not the priority. Yeah. Indiana's not Purdue's not. And that is just the fact you have to have pipelines. Other places you have to have a system and more more so than anything you you i mean we're seeing this with the aoc right now you have to have a quarterback whether it's to play your system perfectly or to be beyond your system you need one of the two and indiana i purdue part of the disappointment is we we broke through that little pipeline like we became qb university in a way for a while there with breeze and orton and painter and we're putting up all these stats and we look like this offense that's high powered all the time and we're getting you know top 11 qb recruits every year and that talent never really went away. We just kept missing on the guys. And IU doesn't have that to fall back on. And they got a really good season out of Phoenix. And that helped, you know, their season the last couple of years. But they've missed on their QBs right now. And if you don't have that and you can't, you know, defense is, is variant year to year. It's really hard to consistently have a defensive program like they had a couple of years ago when you don't have top of the line talent. So, yeah. 
It's yeah. really tough. Yeah, and I think your your point is spot on about you know places like Purdue and Indiana. We are surrounded by very good football programs. We've got Michigan, we've got Ohio State, we've got Notre Dame, uh, Penn State not too far away. So you're competing for talent in the Midwest against some pretty dang good programs. And so if you want to have success, like you said, you've got to have a pipeline elsewhere. That's what Joe Tiller did when he came in. He had a lot of guys come out of Texas. I mean, even Danny Hope, whether you know you think he should have been fired or not, that's not the point. He had a plan. He, yeah, he had a plan. He he went and got players from Florida. He got players that he, he thought were going to be faster, Speed. were going to be able to make a difference in the Big Ten uh, because he saw the Big Ten is slow and he wanted to bring in speed. So he went down to Florida. He went down to Georgia uh, and got those players in. I don't really know that IU has a plan for what they're doing, and it's really showing on the field right now. So uh, we're very excited to try to get the bucket back. Um, now we're going to go with our predictions uh, I want to talk about last week. I was sitting at five and five. I picked Purdue, uh, so now I am six and five. I am finally bowl eligible. But Casey, of course, was also <laughs> right. I know. So he was six and four before the game. So he now sits at seven and four. Uh, so unless he and I have different choices here, he is going to win our uh, in-season predictions. So Casey, you've gone first every time this year, and I'm going to let you uh, take the reins this one last time. 44-17, Boilermakers. Giving that IU offense a lot of credit. Yeah, I, I they'll get a couple late. They'll, they'll probably score in their first possession. Uh, I'm imagining they're going to have a whole lot of hoorah and some plays around, maybe a trick play or something, because uh, this yeah. is going to be their Super Bowl for Yeah, just pull out the all season. the stops. And then they're not going to score for three quarters. Okay. All right, so uh, I'm going to go similar. I mean, obviously I'm going to pick Purdue. If you'll recall, the last game that Joe Tiller coached was an IU game because he did not get to a bowl game in his last season, and he just absolutely curb stomped IU of sixty-two to ten. Uh, and that is oh. the kind of game I—that is the kind of game I think we're looking looking at this coming Saturday. I think Purdue, everyone on that Purdue bench is going to be angry. They want to beat IU. They've been embarrassed by IU these last couple seasons. Uh, games that. Purdue really should never lose. They never want to lose to IU. It's always a game that the the players get up for, and I don't think this is going to be uh, any different than that. So ultimately, I'm going to pick Purdue 55, IU 10. 55. Yeah, I think I think they're just going to be angry, and Damn. I think Brom I think Brom wants to send a message because even though you know Indiana isn't known as a hotbed of football talent, I think he wants to send a message that. Yes, you know, IU had a good couple seasons, but we are going to stomp them now. I'm going to put my put my boot on their neck and show you that we are the program in this state that is that is on the rise and not IU. And I think he I think he wants to send a message. Uh, and I don't I don't imagine he's going to want to take his foot off the gas. I like it. So so David Bell is going to come into this game with 1,200 yards. And yeah, I believe eight TDs. How many sounds he, right? How many is he going to walk away with? Is he going to get to 100 catches? He's at 87. Oh, I don't think he'll get to a – We have been peppering him the ball. I I think he'll get another 100-yard game, um, but I'm not sure if he'll get 13 catches. That's a lot to ask. Saying he's going to get a 100-yard game is not even a prediction. Well, yeah, I know. 200 yards, three touchdowns. That would be incredible. Let's do it. So, yeah. He'll have Um, the Milton Wright game. There you go. So, I I mean, I think the offense is going to be humming, I think – uh, not only does Brom want to make a statement to to the recruits that are still in the state and elsewhere watching this game, but I think he also wants to have those folks who are watching to make bowl selections to say, hey, we have an exciting offense. We can bring in some fans because this game is a sellout, second sellout of the season for Purdue. And 
Uh, I think he wants to to show those folks that you bring in Purdue, we're going to bring fans, we're going to bring you an exciting offense, and we're going to bring you a game you want to watch because that's how you get eyeballs. And that ultimately leads to better recruiting, which can hopefully uh, continue this winning this winning way uh, that we've found recently. So, like I said, I think Brom needs to send a message. I think he wants to send a message, and I think these players want to send a message after losing to IU back to back seasons. Yeah, I feel it. I think uh, West Lafayette's going to be pretty pumped for this game. It, it, it's going to feel like a while since we've had this uh, rivalry at our fingertips and something for us to really grab onto. So, I think Ross Aid's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so, too. So, well, there you go, folks. That is the Thanksgiving edition of the Hammer and Rails podcast. Uh, make sure to look out for the Omaha game on Friday. Again, that's going to be on Big Ten Plus at 2 p.m. And then make sure uh, to catch the Old Oak and Bucket game, which I don't think I need to tell you where or when to watch that because it's the it's the Bucket game you should know. And I'm not going to baby you and tell you. So make sure to look I mean, it up. I don't know what time to get. Well, I, I know you send a text in our group. <laughs> you send a group. You send a text in our group chat every week and like like ten minutes before the game. What channel is the game on? If only you worked for a website where all of this is posted. Yeah, I wrote. I write it. I write yeah, the you story. Do that post now. So I don't know what you're doing. Oh, I see it now. Uh, guys, well, it's three thirty. Fox Sports One. There you go. Don't let Ledman be mean to you. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's, that's the whole moral of the podcast. Don't let Ledman be mean to you. All right, everybody, enjoy your delicious Thanksgiving meal, and uh, we will chat with you next week, hopefully about some Boilermaker victories. Casey, send us out of here. How about them Boilers?